Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Reach. I am your host, the founder and CEO of Maven Recruiting Group, Jessica Van. And today I will be speaking <laughs> with LaChristian Taylor, otherwise known as LC, who uh, currently supports the um, CEO, CFO, and head of sales at Exabeam. Welcome, Elsie. Thank you for having me, Jessica. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. We're so happy to have you. It's great to see you again. Um, we're going to be speaking with LaChristian about how to break down barriers and find the common ground between you and your colleagues. LaChristian knows what it feels like to be the new kid on the block um, as a woman of color who supports at the highest level and as an executive assistant at a startup who previously didn't know an apple from a PC. Very true. (laughs) She had a lot to adjust to when she transitioned her career to the epicenter of Silicon Valley. Before Elsie pivoted to tech, she was the executive assist or an executive assistant in the political realm. She started off her administrative career at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library Foundation. It's a mouthful. (laughs) And later supported people like Meg Whitman, and Tony Strickland, and eventually landed in Texas, where she supported Greg Abbott and the Governor's Commission for Women. Today, Elsie is going to share her story of how she has been able to break down barriers and find the common ground between herself and her colleagues and executives in order to allow true collaboration to happen. We hope that in hearing her story, you'll also be inspired to do the same. What a great introduction. Well, it's all you. I it's you your life. In my life it's, just, it's just your life. <laughs> Isn't that nice when you can hear your story told and be like, oh, it's, I am impressive. Is that what? Is <laughs> is that that, really? Did I do that? <laughs> did I really do that? <laughs> you did. You, you really great. did. It's all you. So um, talk about being a fish out of water, right? You arrive to the ultra liberal tech Bay Area coming from Texas government. <laughs> I just have to laugh. <laughs> just, just, let's just sit with that for a moment. Um, and you need to find a job as an executive assistant, despite the fact that your resume really doesn't have any of the Hallmark logos or the sexy tech companies on it, right? So what was that experience like of trying to make yourself be relatable in a totally different audience? So, yes, my background is politics um, and it's it's been a journey um i think for me i'm i'm no stranger to like hard work so i knew coming into the bay area it was i was going to have to hustle um and i think that was my mentality you know going into it um for me the process was extremely hard because i'm i, I was thinking like you know what i can do this this is something that i know i have the background for i know i have the ability i know i have the strength to do this but for me i think in the Bay Area, it was very much so you need to have these specific words 
on your resume in order to move forward. Right. Um, and so for me, I, I did that with my resume um, with the help of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Switched up my resume a little bit. Um, and even still, you know, um, interviewing with my current my current job here at Exabeam, I, you know, one of the first questions that my boss asked me was, you know, why should we hire you? Like you have no background in tech. You don't even know, you know, you have a political background. I think also he was a little nervous that I was just kind of like dipping in and I was going to dip back out really quick. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was very skeptical about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I, I know my response was you sell a product. I sell a person. And mic drop. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't hear that part. <laughs> no, I mean, I, we're coming up on four years. We are. So he, think, he knows the story. I think you get the last laugh in this one for sure. He knows the story. Um, so um, that was kind of how he was telling me, like, you don't know. You have no idea. And I said, you know what? I don't necessarily have the background. I don't have those logos. Um, and in turn, I think, honestly, they took a chance on me. Um, and I'm so happy they did, but it was a big learning lesson for me to realize that, you know what, there's, even though you don't fit that description, there's ways to work around it. Um, whether that's changing your resume, whether that's, you know, what you say in your interviews, cause I mean, at the end of the day, there was, there had no, there was no tech background on my, on my resume. It was all politics and you know, history and and political science. So for me, it was it was a big part of I think they took a chance on me. Um, And also just having that confidence. Um, You have to go into, you know, your interviews like, hey, I got this. Yeah. And I I really, you know, it's interesting, the timing of our conversation, because um, just yesterday, actually, we had a training that was facilitated by the wonderful Dynasty Hunt, who, um, in addition to um, working for uh, Third Sector, which is her day job, she also does um, DE&I consulting work. And so one of the things that we talked about yesterday was um, kind of being aware of the biases that we bring into conversations and particularly conversations like in our world, most conversations are interview conversations, right? Um, and what I really appreciate about this, the story that you're telling is that it sounded, it sounds to me like the executive leadership wasn't biased about um, this idea that you had to come from tech in order to be relevant. And I think that so often like people um, – really anchor to those to these kind of false um, notions that in order to be successful in a startup environment, you have to have worked in startup, right? That, 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 that That's a calibration point. Right. And it's, I really appreciate when we encounter hiring managers such as those that you work for, um, that we're willing to see you as an individual, and we're willing to recognize the intangibles that you bring to the table, the work ethic that you bring to the table, the determination that you bring to the table, the resiliency that you bring to the table, right? All of those things um, scored higher in their in the way that they evaluated you than the logo or lack thereof of tech logos that you had at the time, right? And I think that's like really wonderful when people can just just really like liberate the interview process from these kind of preconceived notions of what you have to have. Right, exactly. And, you know, you hit it spot on because I think times are changing, um, especially at this day and age with everything that's going on. You don't necessarily have to have, like, what is a resume? You know what I'm saying? 
social media you that that's that's a resume so i think um looking looking back at the situation and, and my hire and and my boss kind of taking a chance on me um i think a lot of it has to do with um selling yourself mm-hmm. being a champion for yourself yes um so for me that's kind of the mentality that i had when when i landed in the bay yep again that type of mentality of i've got this even though you see something completely different. Yep. Well, and also what you told him. Like you weren't, it's not like you were masquerading or perpetrating a, a, a falsehood or a different version of yourself. You were like, no, you're right. I don't have this. And if you choose to hire me, you will be taking a chance on the fact that I'm going to to, to, to learn this and get up to speed. But you know what? You sell products, I sell people. You support companies, I support people and executives and individuals. I help make, I help you realize your dreams, right? I mean, that's, I think that's a pretty mic drop moment, as you said. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. I love that that's how you approached it. So in our prep for this conversation, you had made the comment that, you know, in your experience, there aren't a lot of black women you know, who you've encountered that support really um, top level, C-level executives at major companies in Silicon Valley, right? So how does that observation that you are in a minority position as a top C-level EA working in this community, how does that observation inform how you've had to conduct yourself in your career and the types of experiences you've had in your career or even just the type of you know pressure that you might um, feel in terms of how you um, navigate and, and perform? Yeah, so um, I think me, just being a black female, that's just been ingrained in my entire life since I was born. So I knew, um, so I've always kind of been a fish out of water, whether it was at school, whether it was, you know, um, at my first job, I've always kind of been that only black person in the room. So for me, I've always known to carry myself in a way that is going to, you know, not e- not only make my parents proud, you know, myself proud, but my ancestors, because everything that they've done to get here or everything that they did in the past got me to where I am today. So at the end of the day, that's that's where my drive and that's that's how I carry myself when I'm in these situations. It's not, oh, I want to make my boss proud. Yes, of course I do, Nir. But it's also (laughs) about, you know, I'm here representing. And it's also, I want to open the doors for other people. Um, And that is a big part of what I take pride in is, you know, coworkers can look at me and say, if she can do it, I can do it, you know. And so for me, you know, my experiences and how I carry myself is, is at a level to, make my my ancestors proud my family proud um i mean just to sit with that for one second right i mean it's, it's deep that's it's deep. heavy i'm sorry oh my god i it's, mean that's the truth. no but it, it is the truth but i mean i think we just need to like give that statement just a minute i agree to really hear that because if if you're stepping into a room and you're carrying that onus and that responsibility on your shoulders to make an entire ancestry. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's how it's legitimately how I feel. Yeah. With all the social unrest that's going on, you know, it's so important to be that type of that be that light. You are a sh- you are an example um, for other people, and so you know. And I also feel that you know, black women aren't really necessarily given the opportunity to you know support 
somebody at such a high level. And to be honest, being an EA to a CEO to any type of executive, C-level executive is a big deal. It's a coveted position. You, I think you, you answered really, um, really well and really clearly like how, how you experience that responsibility. How do you think though that, um, being a, a black woman is has shaped the types of experiences you've had um, in your career, or do you do you think it's directly shaped that? Um, I don't necessarily think it's directly shaped. It's shaped me. Um, like I said, it's something that I've known my entire life, and so I take that being a black woman. I take that, and I'm I use that as my drive, if that makes sense. Um, I use that to continue to push forward I use that to understand in my situation how I'm going to carry myself and how I'm going to act whether that's you know at a certain level or if I have if I'm going to respond to somebody or if I'm going to you know how I'm going to respond to somebody all of those things take all of those things happen because of who I am and where I come from and that's being black Mm mm-hmm so as we talked about, you're now coming up on three and a half years with Exabeam. But in the early days of your role there, you know, what were some of the barriers um, or kind of communication challenges, whatever it might have been, that you encountered as you attempted to find your footing and ingratiate yourself to really a very different set of colleagues and um, bosses than you'd ever previously had yeah so uh, you know again with zero background in tech so I was in a new space I had no clue what I was doing (laughs) I mean even just your wardrobe was probably oh my gosh let's not go into the wardrobe I literally because in in politics you literally are just you dress up yes you're in a suit if you're not in a suit like when I was at the Reagan library Mrs. Reagan was there we had to wear a dress you could not wear pants in front of Mrs. Reagan so probably pantyhose too I don't I I no? didn't wear them, okay. but <laughs> I didn't wear them, but I had to wear a dress. So, yes, my wardrobe was completely different. And I quickly learned that the Bay Area is way more chill <laughs> um, and way more relaxed, especially in the tech tech space, which I absolutely love. So I dressed, you know, about, uh, for, dressed up for maybe a week. Um, but um, I think for me, I, like I was a fish out of water. You know, I, you know, I was a black female. I think I was like the first or second black person at the company. We were a startup. We were extremely, extremely small. How large was Exabeam when you joined? I think I was 113. Okay. Um, And there was only like maybe 60 or 50 at HQ. We were very small. Okay. Um, so for, it was great, um, because we were a startup. Um, so I could integrate myself into all different types of, uh, people on departments it was easy for me to get access to somebody it was easy for me to chat with somebody I could if I you know they didn't respond on teams where are you at I need help this needs to happen um so I think that was a very positive part because we were a startup now if I was an EA and at a 600 person company right now a little bit more difficult um but for me I think it was relating to them my personality is very much people person so um, I love, I enjoy talking. I enjoy getting to know other people. But I think um, the simple fact um, of just, you know, asking, hey, how are you? Waiting to hear the answer. Um, going, um, trying to find similarities. So what type of food? I'm big into sports. 
you know, trying to just find those type of common grounds that we could relate to, because then that kind of brings us, it turns me and you into an us. Mm -hmm. And therefore we can collaborate a lot better. Um, And then, you know, the same old, you know, you scratch your back, I scratch mine. I can get your meeting in. (laughs) That was clutch. (laughs) That was clutch for me. Um, So just using those like different things for your coworkers. I mean, there's so many ways you can go about, you know, getting to know your coworkers. Um, I think Hardest was probably, you know, talking, getting into our engineers. Um, They're a whole different breed for me. I I failed math and science in school. (laughs) Hence me going to history and political science. Um, So for me, I think the biggest part was our engineers understand because they have a different lingo they have a different talk track yeah i was going to ask you like what it, what was that x equals y <laughs> right yeah um so you know and so they look at me or they look at you know gna general administration is like you guys just do this and we do this so i think for me was getting to know them like i'm now really good friends with like several of our our pms you know and they're in product they have, do we do we hang out outside of work do we have that no but our conversations are Hey, how's it going? Or, you know, I still, even though we're in COVID, I'm still hitting them up. I'm still saying, hey. So just bringing those common grounds and just just having that type of attitude where you're just like, hey, I know I'm the new person here, but what can I do to help you? And what was the common ground that you discovered, for instance, in those PMs? For me, I think probably um, basketball. (laughs) Sports. Um, I think I I I had ended up ended up talking to like two of the guys, and now we all we talk about are the Lakers. Sports, food. Mm-hmm. Um, we were they were big foodies. A mm-hmm. lot of engineers. I don't know if you guys know that they're big foodies. Um, so you know I can't cook, but I know how to talk about food. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out. Um, at the end of the day, I think it worked out. But I mean, for those who are you know a fish out of water and trying to find that common ground, I think you have to come with the type of attitude of, of hey, I don't know what's going on, but how can I help you? Um, And I think at its core, that's what executive assistants do. That's what we are. How can I be of service to you? I end every email like that. Maybe not to my bosses, but. (laughs) 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 But to every, you know, that is the type of person at at our core. That's who we are. And I think if you 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 share that, if if people can see that they're they're going to be responsive. They're going to want to talk to you. They're going to say, hey, you let me help you succeed. How can I help you, Elsie? How can you helped me here. How can I help you? Yeah. Um, and well, like you said, right? You know, hey, you you need FaceTime with my boss. Like, let's make it happen. Okay. Quid pro quo. Exactly. But also, it's like you know, that is the common ground. Oftentimes, even you know, it's it's lovely if you can connect over basketball, food, travel, fishing, like whatever your your thing is. But at, but at the end of the day, you know. Um, those kind of like personal things aside, it is there. Everybody's here to accomplish an agenda. Everybody's there to move the needle forward, to 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 look good, to do good work. So if they can see that you're a an an ally in facilitating that, you know that is a huge way of of establishing some common ground and some some um, quid pro quo, right. as you say. Right, and yeah. I think for for my executives, it was kind of the flip side of that. Um, I you know. As an executive assistant, you are their right hand. You know their birthday, their social security, their credit cards. I think for the executives, you know, you, you, you're automatically supposed to know what your, you know, 
you're supposed to know all of everything about your executive. So I didn't really have that that time to be like, oh, let me delve in and try to understand everything. I'm too busy like scheduling and figuring out his next meeting that he he needs to go to and things like that. So I think for me, my angle was I'm going to I'm going to bust my butt until I can't anymore. I'm going to show them what I'm about, whether that's working late hours, whether that's around the clock. And I think for me, that is what gained their trust, um, proving Hey, you hired me. I'm yeah. going to prove my worth to you. Yep. And that 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 was our common ground. The first thing that he did to show you that he had your back was to hire you. And then everything you've done since then is to show him that you have his back. Exactly. And it's a symbiotic relationship. You totally. scratch your back, I scratch mine. Wait, no. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's getting Somebody's scratched. getting a scratch. <laughs> Scratching everybody's back and it's at it's reciprocal. Nobody is itchy, okay? Nobody is leaving itchy. That's all we know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's really people, right? It's like, where, where's the common humanity? And at the end of the day, like, you can either be defined by the differences or you can be defined by the commonalities. And I think that um, one thing that really stands out in your story is that you didn't, you know, um, you weren't uh, inhibited by the um, differences. Rather, you were empowered to seek out the commonalities and to find, you know, that that common ground. And and look at how successful that's been for you. I mean, you are you're a fixture at Exabeam. You know, you're not just an an employee. You're actually a fixture. You know, you really have um, just. Uh, amassed a level of respect and notoriety for yourself, you know, vis-a-vis the work that you've done, the brand that you've created for yourself, the the longevity that you've displayed. Like that's so that's so wonderful, you know? I'm 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 very happy and I'm I'm super blessed again. So grateful. I thank you Maven. Love you guys, but I'm very grateful and um it's it's been a long journey. It really has. Um yeah. but it's it's one that I would never want to give up. Yeah. Definitely. So in the spirit of, of paying it forward to other EAs and especially those who are listening to our, our show today, what encouragement do you have for, for those who feel like, oh, man, like my background just doesn't measure up or, you know, I'm just I'm different than than the other people out there or I don't have the right set of, of companies on my on my resume or I didn't go to the right school or I'm from a small town. I'm trying to go to a big city. Like, who knows? Whatever thing is is tripping them up. You know, what encouragement do you have for them to um, help them maybe not feel like an outsider and help them to overcome those those complexes or those things that are tripping them up? I think finding the similarities, finding your common ground. Um, from your past, your your past experiences, and then trying to bring them into where you're going. Um, so a lot of, like I said, a lot of what I did was reworking my resume, um, using those key phrases um, that, you know, ex- uh, recruiters are looking for. Um, because at the end of the day, you're going to be selling yourself. They're just looking at the resume. You have to sell yourself. Um, I also would say, you know, don't give up. Um, I don't know how many times I got turned down, but you can never give up. I mean, that's it sounds so cliche, but that's literally what drives me is I'm going to do this. I'm never going to give up until I, you know, reach my goal or hit my, you know, benchmark. Um, so ha- finding that common girl, reworking your resume, it's always helpful. 
um, never giving up and, and being true to who you are. Um, and that's one thing that I love about XBeam is our transparency, our honesty. That is what we live by. And I am that person at the, at, at my core as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you show that, if you show your, your true self, I mean, there's no way you're, you're, you're golden. Yeah. And it, it just takes one, right? I mean, if you think about it, le- sure, it's lovely to have five companies, you know, jockeying for you and they're all trying to get into a bidding war, right? But at the end of the day, it just takes one. It just takes one credible, good, solid executive company, whoever it may be, to believe in you and to give you that shot. And so, yeah, like, you know, maybe your hit ratio on interviews to offers is one out of 20 and somebody else's is, you know, one out of three. So be it. Those are the odds you're working with right now. You know what I mean? You can improve those odds over time as your track record changes, as your you know circle of, of, of influence and references and your network changes. But it just takes that one. And, and don't be afraid to put yourself out there again. Um, you know, and don't be scared of something you don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, X-Beam, like I, didn't, I had no clue. Like I thought the name was funny. <laughs> it's on our website there's a whole like people know <laughs> it's a weird name but you know and I'm just like what what am I this doesn't you know and we were a small company then and now I'm like working with I don't know how many people I don't know how my network has just grown tremendously and now I'm I'm at that level where it's like I'm talking to people I never thought I was going to talk to I'm talking to I'm collaborating with external EAs that they're they're just when IPO or you know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. it's very much so. Don't be afraid to to jump into something that you're not familiar with. Um, that's the story. That is my entire story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I jumped into the tech space. I had no clue what I was doing, um, and it it worked out because I put my first foot forward. I worked hard. I'd never quit. And I retorked my resume. <laughs> I twerked my yeah. resume. Yeah. You twerked it or you tweaked it? <laughs> tweaked it. Oh, my God. Are you going to? Mario. LC. Oh, my God. What is on my mind right now? It's Friday. It's Friday. For those that are wondering what kind of twerking um, oh LC did to her resume. <laughs> are we going to edit that out? No, that's staying oh. for sure. But just okay. as, just as like uh, some high level notes on what people might be wondering, what does that actually mean? <clears throat> just to comment on that a little bit. Like, I think that. A lot of times, especially coming from like per- perhaps a, a political background, as you did, right? Maybe the maybe the lingo that you used for scheduling, right, or for time management. Like I believe time. in the political realm, you guys refer to it as like a scheduler. Here in the corporate realm, we would refer to it as calendar management, things like that. So it's we're not talking about reinventing your past. We're talking about translating some of the lingo in a way that makes it intuitively understandable to people so they don't have to go through a translation process in their head of like wait what are they talking about they can just see the immediate relevance so that's what we're talking about it's just really like reading your own resume and reading your own story from the lens of um the the interviewer the ultimate you know the ultimate end user of your resume who what do they need to see excuse me um to to more more easily understand you so just just encouraging people to look look at themselves in that light right exactly using those different keywords um and and like i said a lot of what i i did and it completely was executive assistant in totally. the past i just didn't have those specific words calendar management like you said right um you know pro- project management right though all of those are like right. ding 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 higher yeah. higher higher yeah 
but well, I didn't have and that. And if, if it's okay to share this story, I mean, before we got started um, rolling the tape today, you were talking about um, there was a conference that Exabeam had attended, and um, there were some some. Uh, it was a right around COVID, and there were some some things that that kind of interfaced between the COVID pandemic and your company. And and at one point, your company had to make you know a statement and a press release and right intense kind of stuff, right? Heavy lives in balance. It's people are freaking out, like it's high pressure kind of stuff. And if you think about it, when you were supporting, you know. Um, um, the governor, oh, the governor, yes. yeah. I mean, hello. Maybe the crises are different. Maybe it's shootings or hurricanes or floods or God, God knows what types of situations arise. You know, d- disasters of of one type or another. But the point is, a lot of the skills that you lean on are transferable. Exactly. It, crisis is crisis. Reassurance, the need to feel reassured, the need to feel absolved, the need to feel like there's leadership in place, like there's a stance, like people can rally, like they have their back, you know, that, that, that they're, they feel secure. That's a fundamental human need. So you can, you know, you can definitely see the relevance. And again, it's just, it's just putting it in a nice package that your audience is going to understand. Yeah. And, and on, on along the same lines is I, I think for me at my core and, and working in the public sector, you, you don't, you know, you don't get paid anything. And so a lot of people are in the public sector, maybe not for the right reasons, but my, for me, it was, I want to help people. And at, at, at Xbeam, that's exactly what I do. And that is what, that is how I thrive. That is where I get my joy from. Um, and so ironically, I'm like, the EA role is the perfect role for me because that's all I do is help people. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love, I, I don't like being, you know, in front of a camera. Clearly, I don't like, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> I don't like doing that. Um, or being like the center of attention. That's like not my MO. I like to be behind the scenes. I like making my bosses look good. And that is that is the epitome of public sectors. Is that is what the public sector is? We're here to help whoever, whatever level they're at. I'm here to help you, and I want to I want to be there for you. Yep. Um, and I think for me, that is what also in my interview I I had those type of he I I, I gave off those type of vibes of hey this girl is she's coming in yep. she's she's willing to get her hands dirty yeah. i think he knew coming from you know a, po- a political background you don't know what a break is you don't know you know what a holiday is fourth of july you know you don't know what vacations are and that that worked well in the startup scene as well so yeah it worked out it sure did <laughs> so i have a final question for you Elsie. Which is, if you could support anyone throughout um, history or time, who would you choose and why? I, I think for me, probably Shirley Chisholm. Um, she um, was one of the first black people to run for president in 1972. She was the first woman, black person, um, who was elected to Congress in 1968. Four years later, she didn't run for president. Um, so I think for me, I... She was she was living in a time when women's voices were being heard uh, and black voices were being heard. Um, And those are two things that I hold very close to my heart. Um, So I think being able to support somebody in that type of scene, um, not only because it's politics, too, and I enjoy that, um, but also the fact that, you know, she 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 was a trailblazer. Um, And I think 
that speaks volumes for her and, and why I look up to her. Um, she broke barriers, glass ceilings. That's literally all I want to do in my life. Um, and, you know, shake things up. Um, and she wasn't afraid. She was in a boys club, you know, a, a white man's club. Mm-hmm. And she stepped up to the plate. I, I would learn so much from her. And, and that's kind of at this point in my life, that's all I want to do is just learn and, and bring mm-hmm. in more information and, and become a better person. So, you know, yeah. I think it was in the ninth grade when I first read about her. Wow. And I was, you know, I don't know why I was even reading about her, but I I was looking up to her and I'm like, this woman ran for president. She's she looks like me. Yeah. And she's doing this. And a lot of people don't know who she is, yeah. you know, unfortunately. But hopefully after this, you guys will. Thank you, Elsie. Uh, I hope I didn't ruin this. You did not. You did not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna edit anything. By the way, <laughs> this is going fresh. <laughs> this was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you it's so much, always, Jessica. Not is always. Not only is it always a pleasure to see you, but it's always just hella fun. <laughs> I hella hella fun. That's I'm now in the bay. Hella fun. Hella fun. <laughs> hella fun. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. You can learn more about Maven at www.mavenrec.com. Mm-hmm.